amplify your career through training and development solutions specifically designed for federal government professionals. From courses to help you attain or retain certification, to individualized coaching services, to programs that hone your leadership skills and business acumen, Management Concepts optimizes your professional development. Online, in person, individually, or groups, it's training that's measurably better. Learn more at managementconcepts.com. That's managementconcepts.com. What if you could have a career where the opportunities are as vast as our nation, where it's not about mission statements, but a shared mission? At U.S. Customs and Border Protection, we go beyond to protect more than borders, from ship to shore, air to ground, cities to local communities. CBP agents and officers are keeping people safe. Join U.S. Customs and Border Protection and go beyond for something far greater than yourself. Learn more at cbp.gov careers. Future Imperfect. I'm your host on this episode, Steve Megatron Phillips, captain of the USS This Week in Geek. I am joined by TFG Mike. Yay! For the first time ever. Yes, for the first time ever on this show. I have now assimilated almost everything to do with This Week in Geek at this point. You mean it assimilated you? No. It just sounds that much more dirty. No! You got a little bit of twig on you. Um, uh, also joining us for the very first time on this show is Alex Ricci. Hello. Ahoy hoy. Ahoy hoy. So the topic of this episode, which uh, now that we have enough information floating around out there with the various comic conventions and uh, uh, things of, of Trek floating around on social media... Uh, we're going to be talking about Star Trek Discovery, since we had a couple of episodes where we kind of touched on the fact that uh, we were hoping to see certain things and certain things that, you know, could have made this really good. And just before we get into the the main thought on uh some of the the aspects of this this new series uh what were your thoughts when you first heard that this new show was coming and i'll i'll start with mike because i know he's dying for a joke the first thing i thought was "Ooh, i like the logo and then i looked at the title of the show more star trek discovery it's an std oh god um and crickets yeah. Well, it, it, the funny thing is, is, is Trek has always been notated by its its acronym. So, like yep. TOS, TNG, DS9, you know, Voyager, and Enterprise. And this series will either be called Discovery or will be called STD. Uh, yeah. If, if they're, they might try to do it like ST and then have a hyphen in there or something. But that still yes. won't save it. And, no, that still true, won't say it. True. This is not SG one, Alex. I mean, you you can hyphen SG and then the hyphen and the one, but no, there's, no, there's no way in hell. It's Maybe, an STD. I, I, w- I almost wish this was just 
a Stargate show that happened to be in the Star Trek universe. I when I first saw the announcement, I thought it was fine. I thought it was whatever. I didn't really look too far into it. I knew it was going to be ten years before the original Kirk, and I've said this before in other podcasts. I would I would have much rather have had a future show where they have to go back to the past to fix something uh than a amalgamation of everything and i i know i just saw a story recently in the last week or so that brian fuller the former showrunner came out and said he originally wanted it to be an anthology series and everyone was like oh that would have been really great instead of what we're gonna get now what's you know what might have been better what if you're gonna do a prequel set it at a time when none of the shows were taking place set it in the events after generations and that's that's what i've always said is i would love to see it take place after the 2293 decommission of enterprise a and after the launch of enterprise b and see it take place during that whole time span uh of the the mission of the enterprise b and the enterprise c and even up to before the D, because then they could still touch on like Picard driving the Stargazer and whatnot. But there's that whole time span where very little is known. Well, you, you've got that. Or the other thing could have been, what's, uh, why am I drawing a blank on it? What is the secret, like their equivalent to their Black Ops teams? Uh, Section they, 31? They, yeah. Why don't you set it in that time frame or in that time period? you know, about the formation of that group, because then you have an excuse to have technology and, and ships that look more modern to say, let's say to like, for instance, the technology that we see in the trailer for this looks far and beyond and more advanced than anything that was on the show previously, even though it's set in the past. Well, you could have it as they're in a prototype ship that with technology that wouldn't be used for the next, let's say 30 years or something. So they, they could have easily written their way around some of the issues that, that I already see with it. Some of the some of the aspects, like I, when Don and I first talked about this, we joked that we would love to see either a Section Thirty One series, which takes place throughout all of the timelines, um, from Kirk through um, through Voyager, and uh, even beyond that. Uh, the other thing is that they could have almost done a series of, and and we kind of joked around the anthology thing as well, because every season you could have a different crew be the focus, which funny enough was part of the ideas, but CBS didn't want to go that way. Like legends of tomorrow sort of thing. Well, almost like legends of tomorrow, but um, they wanted to do like American horror story uh, style for sci-fi, but doing it with Trek as, as a known property. So every season would be an entirely new crew. I think Babylon 5 tried doing that with uh, when they sort of did their relaunch with was it The Lost Tales or something where it was an anthology, uh, like two 40 or 45 minute episodes where each one was going to be a different story set in the same universe. It didn't take off, obviously, but I know that other shows have tried that. Well, I, and I think it could have worked for Trek had they done it right. And see, they could have still had it take place during, because uh, I guess Fuller's idea when he pitched it was. Um, the Discovery prequel would journey through the eras of Kirk, Picard, and then beyond to a time in Trek that's never been seen before. Um, And while that would have led to something really cool, because Fuller was involved with um, Voyager and, I believe, Enterprise. And 
he, I mean, I like some of his other shows as well, but he was going for something that would have been more uh, innovative to track than what we're getting. And I, I kind of feel like they've they've missed the boat, and that's why Fuller kind of jumped ship on this, because he's like, I, I came up with the original plan, they kind of did what they wanted, and it's not what I wanted, so I, I left. Um, they basically, CBS looked and said, but that's going to cost us money. And see, they could have even done it in a sense that they could have they could have had Agent Daniels from Enterprise, which I don't know okay. how familiar you are, Alex, with uh, Star Trek Online. Uh, I bought the game, it came out around my birthday, and I bought it day one, played for a month, and went, I don't like this. See, and because and I was like, I'm just roaming around in space and there's no story, as far as I could tell at the time. Well, I played it when it went free-to-play, and, and I'll get back to my point uh, after I, I, I bring this about. I started playing when it went free-to-play. The the main story at the time was the Borg. Could never get past that point. I couldn't even get past being an ensign, and it was so difficult to play that I just was like, this sucks, and I, I quit. And then I came back uh, once before and tried to do it again, and it just, it, the story... I, the problem was is the characters that were created then were stuck with that storyline and you had to create a new character and so I created a new character in February and they've completely wiped out all the old stories and it's completely new like there's 13 seasons in the show right now or in the game and it actually ties back to a lot of the continuity issues between uh, Enterprise, TOS, TNG, DS9, well, Voyager why don't they just adapt that? Started, because it's already canon. Well, just, but yeah, but there are. That's a market that the vast majority of Trek fans aren't playing that game and probably never will. Well, and that's and that's the thing too is I the story is so cohesive and intelligently written. Uh, I, I find myself baffled by the uh, the way that they've managed to connect all the timelines, and they they actually start off like you have the option to start off as the 24th century or uh, 23rd century person. If you start 23rd century, you get to see parts of the uh, time travel aspects going through it, and uh, you're basically killed in action, saving a bunch of Federation ships from the Klingons during this particular war. And uh, Agent Daniels, who's been undercover on your ship for quite some time, uh, saves you and your bridge crew and brings you to the 25th century. And you get brought to Earth Space Dock, and he basically gives you a crash course on the future. You get the new uniforms, get upgraded, and, and whatnot, and you become a temporal agent. So you kind of jump between all the different time spans to fix problems. Uh, and it's it's really interesting how uh, it does that. And and I kind of wished that they would have gone that route with Discovery and had like a certain like almost legends of tomorrow but having like agent daniels leading a specific crew um through time in in this this ship and what i feel like we've gotten is a jj abrams import to the classic timeline that makes um it mixes the Abrams universe with enterprise and it just looks horrid because it doesn't fit I... with anything that comes after I am not a fan of the Klingons. I hate that. I hate that with a passion. I, like I, I get also, the, I'm not a fan of the hologram of uh, the, the, like it, everything. Just looks so cheap. It looks so 
so well, so cheap. The Klingons they stole from the Abrams Kelvin universe and and said that well we we have a different sect of Klingons and it's like no there was only the brown Klingons and then there was the ones that had the ridges and ones that didn't like there was no you know there was no like green yeah, or this, blue. This doesn't look like they're they're in like transition either. No, and this this looks like some other kind of weird mutation type of thing and it, and it kind of upsets me in that regard and then not only that but the ships and the um how high tech a lot of the stuff is and they did manage to keep the communicator the phaser and the tricorder very tos amplify your career through training and development solutions specifically designed for federal government professionals from courses to help you attain or retain certification to individualized coaching services to programs that hone your leadership skills and business acumen Management Concepts optimizes your professional development. Online, in person, individually, or groups. It's training that's measurably better. Learn more at managementconcepts.com. That's managementconcepts.com. Ask um, the but uniforms. I don't want to see that. Like, nobody wants to see TOS. Like, like... I don't know it, why they played... keep... I don't, I don't know why Paramount and CBS keep going back to the original series... It, it was the it was the weakest of this of all of them. I know. I and and I think that it only got better when they went through. Like I think DS Nine was probably their strongest series, and that's because it featured war and innovation. Well, and and the funny thing is, there that's the one series where I've seen probably thirty five episodes, maybe forty episodes, sporadically. So I want to do a full rewatch, but I want to get the DVDs and just power through it. See, I've I've been watching them on Netflix or Hulu. Um, the entire series, I've I've blitzed through the orig- original series, uh, the ones that were actually good, um, and then because uh, there's about like a season and a half, about half of TOS is good, about two thirds of TNG is good, um, about three quarters of of DS9 is good, and about half of Voyager is good, and then it's about a, a third of uh enterprise is good so i mean it's kind of basically basically season one and four of (laughs) of uh, enterprise yeah i I mean it's and and basically if it had daniels in it it was really good and then they actually introduced the borg in enterprise which pissed me off to no end but it um it alluded to that first contact uh film that when the borg were trying to stop the cochran ship uh, that it uh, one of them got frozen in the northern regions of of the of Canada or, or something like that, and it was discovered. So they had to put an end to it, but they didn't really know what it was. So which yeah. was kind of the start of the Section Thirty One type of thing. So, which I gave it a pass for that after after rewatch, but. It's no, still... yeah, like season four did a pretty good job uh, of trying to fix the holes of, of the previous seasons and tying it together with, uh, uh, I don't know, it had some pretty strong episodes until well, you got to the end. Well, like the Enterprise J thing, I don't know if you remember that. It's been, I haven't seen it since um, it aired live. Anyways, uh, Agent Daniels shows Archer this fight in the 26th century, which is also, by the way, in the video game. Okay. Um, and you find out that in the video game that, uh, Captain Chekhov is a temporal agent. Okay. Um, and he actually is kind of quasi-captain of the Enterprise J. 
Um, and Scott, Captain Scott is pulled from the 24th century along with the 23rd century, you know, Captain Chekhov. So you've got kind of like these two legends fighting with your, your team and Daniels to um, do this temporal Cold War battle. So it's it's kind of an iconic, uh, interesting battle. So, um, But like I said, the game makes it infinitely more interesting to the Trek mythos than what I feel Discovery is going to do. So you're saying I, sh- I should watch like a playthrough of those key missions on on like YouTube or something? Oh yeah, definitely. I and truthfully, if you you were to play the game and get up and going with it, it, it at most would take you probably two weeks to beat the game. Okay, maybe it's worth it. And a lot of how they get you is the microtransactions in the game, um, but that's any video game. <laughs> So, oh yeah, um, I'm currently working up to get the original series uh, Constitution class refit, um, which is 1.5 billion credits in the game, and then the uh, the Kelvin Enterprise, which is 350 million. Um, I'm at like 227 million, so I'm a long ways off. But, um, but yeah, I would, uh, it depends on the ships you get, but um, you get to basically see all the Enterprises show up, other than the B. You even get to see the Enterprise F. Just the Enterprise. No bloody A, B, C, or D. So, uh, back to Discovery anyways. Uh, oh, oh, yeah. Sorry, before I lose my train of thought, I remember it's, it's all flooding back to me now. I remember writing in or something when there were rumors of what to do next with Trek. This is before the show was announced. This was, I think... You did, you did a podcast with, with Dodd. It might have been even a couple of years ago now. And I wrote in, it was when all those rumors were swirling when Netflix was in talks with uh, uh, with Paramount to make a series for the, the Captain Wharf series. Where it was going to be, they were looking at three uh, direct-to-Netflix movies. That would have been more interesting. Yeah, I, I would have totally agreed with that as well. I'm... Um, uh... There's there's a lot of routes that they could have gotten. They could have done the um, the Star Trek Renegades before that got shut down because that was introducing you know that had Admiral Chekhov, that had Admiral Tuvok, that had you know it was kind of a they were doing it as a progression of Star Trek until yeah, Paramount the, uh, and CBS said no. I remember playing uh what was it the Elite Forces game was fun. You could have done a story like that. Do do something different with it, you know. Do do it on a special tactical team. Do it, you know. We've we've had we've had a space station. We've had this and that. You know, if they're really going to do a prequel or do something, do Starfleet Academy. Do something, not uh, you know. Well, see, they could have done it even differently. If they would have done Star Trek or Academy, they could have done like a. You know, they could have even hit like the teenage era with that, you know, people going through or the college era of going through Star Trek, you know, the Academy. I still Starfleet. would have been pissed about that. But what, what's that? I still would have been very pissed off about that. Oh, I would have been mad about it, but it would have been better than what we're getting. I, I feel like going back and continuously doing prequels is about as big of a slap in the face. And like they're, they're too afraid to to do something new. Well, and and I hate the I hate the uniforms. Oh yeah. Well, I mean, if you're if you're gonna do another spaceship one, you know what you should do. They've never done it. Make it about literally a warship. I know that they don't have them, but let's say they're focus on basically a battle cruiser. 
I, okay. I don't even know. Like, because everything has been, you know, it's, yes, it's exploration, but how about, you know, this is a team sent on a mission into deep, you know, deep in the neutral zone. Set it, set it where they're, they're going through the former Romulan space or something. And, but, you know, give us something with a little meat on it. Give it, give it, because uh, Star Trek is always the same basic idea when it's a ship-based show, right? It's, they're always undermanned. Give it, make it about the military. Make it about, you know, a different division. Make it about, just don't do the same tired old story. That, and that's kind of why I liked the Star Trek Online plot line and why I've played it five times through. Um <laughs> The uh, because every time I play, I, I see different elements of of why things end up the way they do, and you end up actually getting to see, you know, from tensions with the Klingons and and all these other races, you get to see the rebuilding of the Romulans, uh, and you get to see the the Klingons, the Romulans, and everybody eventually become an alliance against uh, the people of the Temporal Cold War the opposition of it. So like you, you get to see Tholians actually in the Federation Klingons in the Federation. You get to see, you know, the Borg and, and, and various other species in the Federation, which is interesting. Um, it, I, I find it that the more I go through it, the more I would have rather have seen this as a show, uh, chronicling this time period or, or like you said, doing a, a like a black ops team. Yeah, like, because, and again, but everything of that would still have to be set in the future or parallel to the TNG universe. Star Trek, Black Ops, it's got body odor. Well, I'm pretty sure that, you know, some STDs leave that too, right? Oh, yeah. Long-lasting and deodorant doesn't cover. Um, (laughs) Oh, God. So, um... So yeah, they're 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 claiming that this show is going to still. Part of what irks me too is Kurtzman's on board, who wrote oh, really? who wrote the first two Abrams films. Um, and isn't that the Transformers guy? Yes, he is too. And um, all the other crap that's come out lately. He's the garbage. he's known as the rebooter. <laughs> like in Someone my opinion, with, with, like he reboots nope. a franchise, brings it back, and then it sucks. Um, but uh. I think the only time they did Trek correctly, it, like Beyond wasn't that bad, but the the Star Trek 2009 was pretty good for what it was. This show looks basically the same aesthetics. Um, they, it, I almost wonder. Um, Is it recycled sets? Uh, well, I, I, I'm almost wondering. I'm because this has me thinking now. I'm looking back at the the George Kirk um, uniform, which almost looks like a. a kind of a TNG uniform just without the top part being uh, a black uniform thing. Like, the, the the insignias, I give those a pass only because each ship in the original series era had their own insignias for their shirts. Um, but should, like, shouldn't they look like... They should all have the same uniform, though. And, and a functional military uniform. Like yeah. It, it, doesn't, it doesn't... I don't know. It's just... These look very like almost I, like they mixed Federation with Romulan. I don't like the camera angles. No, I don't either. I, uh, I don't like that the cinematography. What it looks like, it looks like, you know, like two thousand and one, two thousand two, when the Sci Fi Channel and some other channels were starting to film completely digitally, 
and it was you know how they have that look where it was like the frame rate was off where it, where people were moving a little too fast or it looked more like it looks like a home video it doesn't look cinematic that's part of what drives me nuts i think then it looks yeah it looks it's got that cheap look to it and like the I'm cgi doesn't look not, very good it's like it's like cops or or a reality show yeah, I'm not a fan of the Klingons. Like I said, the uniforms look kind of cheesy. The it looks very fake. Um, also, there's too much holograms. Yeah, the acting looks bad from somebody everybody. Please, somebody please make a Star Trek cops crossover. Amplify your career through training and development solutions specifically designed for federal government professionals. From courses to help you attain or retain certification, to individualized coaching services, to programs that hone your leadership skills and business acumen, Management Concepts optimizes your professional development. Online, in person, individually, or groups, it's training that's measurably better. Learn more at managementconcepts.com. That's managementconcepts.com. When you drive a vehicle so reliable it's backed by a 10-year, 100,000-mile limited warranty, you stop thinking about what you can't do and start doing what you never thought possible. Visit your local Kia dealer today to see what you're capable of in a vehicle that inspires confidence around every corner. Kia. Movement that inspires. Call 800-333-4KIA for details. Always drive safely. Limited inventory available. Warranties include 10-year, 100,000-mile powertrain and 5-year, 60,000-mile basic. Warranties are limited. See retailer for details. Music video with the bad boys theme for Star Trek. Bad show. Bad show. What you gonna <laughs> do? Chasing down drunk Andorians or something. Chasing down drunken Klingons from a galaxy near you. Or there. there there's a show. Make it about you know, the military police or something. Like, <laughs> if, if you're going to, instead of, you know, STD, make it, you know, Star Trek NCIS. <laughs> oh, no. Because they are, they are technically part of the, the Navy, right? That's the... Oh, yeah, yeah. Or, or JAG. It's about, it's about the lawyers. Oh, yeah. I don't know. It just, it looks Okay, okay, weird. okay. You, gro- you groan, but Blanchard, you know you'd be watching it. I wouldn't be. I, I don't even watch no. those. I watch Star, NCIS. Star Trek, Star Trek SVU. <laughs> no! Because that would then lead to tentacle porn on Star Trek. No, well, no, 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 no. No, no, It would be Star Trek oh. SVU, STD. So, so you know what's funny about this, the, 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 the Discovery ship itself? It's a rejected uh, Star Trek uh, Phase 2 uh, Starship design. And I, I put together this this graphic um, a long time ago. Uh, if, if I can if I can dig it up, I'll uh, I'll show you guys. But I, I dug up this image of um, the the original the original uh, ship, and it looks exactly the same as the Starship Discovery, except this one is all CG and looks like garbage. Well, the other one was just all white and looks like garbage. So it, there really isn't but that much of a difference. I'll take physical garbage over digital garbage. Yeah, I mean, I, I guess I can see that. Um, like, like, I'll give you an idea. Lex and Star Hunter, these those two really cheap shows, look better than this. And those were like really cheap, crappy Canadian shows. Lex was the one where they're in like the the 
bug that's also a ship. Mm. I shall send links. Yeah. Terrible <laughs> CGI. I wish but I could they... find this this graphic because it I, I would love to show you guys because I, I did a side by side. Actually, you know what looks better? Andromeda looks better than this. And that's like fifteen years old. That is true. What I think it's missing is a lot of the practical effects. Oh yeah. Which would make it oh, here we go. <laughs> I'm gonna take this image and I'm gonna repost it. But um if I can copy image address. I'm gonna <laughs> dump it in the Skype window. Oh, right, let's see yeah. This was from Star Trek Planet of the Titans concept that uh, somebody oh. pitched a Roddenberry. Yeah, that could have worked a hell of a lot better than what we got. It's the same well, the, shit. The, the digital uh, one looks like that TNG pizza cutter that they have at uh, ThinkGeek. Yeah, I mean, and yeah. The one, on the, the one on the left looks like like somebody stuck uh, the Enterprise on, on a ship from the original Battlestar Galactica from the seventies. It looks yeah, like they. I mean, it looks like they flipped a Klingon uh, battle cruiser upside down, and they put the the Enterprise saucer on it. Yeah. It actually it looks a bit like a like an aircraft carrier, which could have been interesting too. Yeah, I don't want a Star Trek pizza cutter. Thank you very much. So the other thing that honest, they, I kind of do want that pizza cutter. <laughs> <laughs> um. So they've also announced that the show will be a hard PG-13, but no nudity. That means they're going to say shit because it's on digital. So they yeah. can say shit a million times. Which I think is, like, I don't know, distasteful for Star Trek. Well, it and again, it depends. If you're going to make this a show about black ops or, or an elite force team or, or something, it makes sense because they're, they're hardened soldiers. This... Nah. It looks like they're trying to make the Ron Moore Battlestar Galactica. Only that show from 2004 had better special effects, better camera work, significantly better acting. It was better written and it was created by the guy that did Deep Space Nine. So it looks like I don't I, I don't know. I'm going to here's the thing where I'm being very negative about it. I'm still going to watch it all. <laughs> I'm so going you're to... going to pay for CBS all access. He doesn't have to. No, he's, I he's am in Canada. Pirating. I am pirating oh. it. Like well, crazy. Canada Canada doesn't have to get America is the yeah. only place that has to get the CBS app. Well, we, um, we don't well, we can't get it on Netflix. It's going to be airing on uh, the Space Channel here. Well, it's so Bell Media. I don't have cable right now, but yeah. I I yeah. can PVR it or get it from somebody, but so, but yeah, like it's going to it's weird. It's going to air here first before anywhere else and then an hour after it airs that's when it gets posted online and on and i think netflix has to wait a day or two internationally so it says i i have the the entire breakdown of it it says the synopsis is set in the prime timeline the uss discovery ncc 1031 and the uss shenzhou uh explore the galaxy 10 years before kirk takes the command of the enterprise I will follow the voyages of Starfleet and their missions to discover new worlds and new life forms and one Starfleet officer who must learn that truly uh, to truly understand all alien life you must first understand yourself uh, and it says the series will feature new ship characters missions um, and they say it's going to well, be the same ideology but here's the thing what can they possibly discover 
nothing or it breaks continuity with the everything else yeah and that's the thing they had to hire a bunch of uh people to keep them on continuity but i don't know how they're, they're like there's plenty of places that we can explore that haven't been explored already no because then why would they never be mentioned unless they discover a place and then we have to destroy the place and erase all records of it yeah i i, I don't know <laughs> I, I i find this like highly illogical but uh like yeah. and this is is this going to be about like when they first encounter the Klingons? Is that what this is? It's supposed to be during that Klingon war type of thing before. See, like... I I have, I have thought it was going to be because what's the really good episode of uh, the original series where they encounter the the Romulans for the? It's not the first balance of terror. Time. Yeah, they mention in that that nobody had seen the had seen them either ever or there had been that that encounter they had that was very violent previously so that's what i thought this was going to be originally because we still after all these years can't get anything with a good romulan storyline i don't know why oh i know every time they try it just it it bombs terribly so they resort to the klingons I, I I don't know. I would I would rather see them go forward in time rather than backward. But like I said, if they were going to go in in any origin uh, uh, concept, I would have rather seen them go in between uh, the uh, generations and and uh, encounter and, and encounter and, far far point. Yes, I, I would have loved to have seen that time period because that's the only thing unique that you couldn't really tell me otherwise. Like it's it would be the most fitting timeline for this whole thing to take place. But so, so like the show, it's supposed to debut Sunday, September 24th on, on CBS airing at eight thirty to nine thirty PM Eastern time. Uh, and it's supposed to be available on demand on CBS all access. And the second episode of the series will be available on the service that same night immediately following the broadcast premiere. Um, and it says the first eight episodes will run from September 24th through November 5th. The season will then resume the second chapter during uh, January 2008. And so according to this whole breakdown, I've, I've got a whole chart. Uh, the CBS app with all all access subscription, uh, which is available for everywhere it says it you know has the library of all the shows uh episodes current and past seasons you know it, all the cbs crap um and then canada is going to have it on space channel uh which the first two episodes will air on at it looks like yeah it looks like those those will be back to back but it'll be on the space go app uh oh. as as well I'll, I'll tell you this because it's airing on cable like standard television it won't be airing at 8 30 they're going to air it at 8 p.m so we're probably going to get it about a half hour ahead of you guys yeah and then all other regions says the show will be available via netflix each episode of the series will be available within 24 hours of its u.s premiere uh netflix will launch discovery on monday september 25th to countries outside of the u.s and canada the first eight episodes same scenario um which i think is a crack I think it's a crack, but... So you mentioned earlier about you would rather have it be in the future than go into the past. I know this is a copied idea, but everything in Hollywood is a copied idea. 
Uh, if they were going to do this properly for for me as a casual Trek fan or anything like that, as I mentioned before, have it set in the future, but they have to go back into the past because the future is so screwed up that basically days of futures past, essentially, and is that was, what I'd like to see in Star Trek. But that's well, sort of what Enterprise was. Yeah, yeah but it, that was a thousand years, though. No, it I wasn't. Mean, wasn't it? No, Enterprise only took place, um, it was like, uh, it was 22nd century. It was only a hundred and some odd years before Kirk. And then the uh, Agent Daniels was from the 26th century during the uh, Enterprise J battle during the Temporal Cold War. So it actually connected beyond uh, the 24th century, but we're still missing the 25th and then part of the 26th. So they had that space to play too. Which again, the game covers nine, like eighty percent of all that, but yeah, and it fills in all the gaps that are even humanly possible in any of the other timelines. So I don't know. I, I would have rather seen them go a different route, but um, yeah, they've they've got the only character that even looks. They've got two characters that are basically from the original series themselves uh, that are in this, and that is Ambassador Sarek. And Harry Mudd. So, what are your your guys' thoughts on on having new actors portray classic actors in a younger capacity? I mean, Abrams roast was fine. Don't I say mean, that. Don't say that. I, I said it was fine. I didn't say it was I, good. I still haven't seen the newest movie. It's actually I, I, better I, than Into Darkness. I I really yeah. liked it, and that's coming from someone that likes the prime timeline. I. I'm somebody who I can I have a higher tolerance for remakes and reboots than a lot of my friends and I was ready to stab the projectionist when I went this is going to be Wrath of Khan this is oh my god it was so it, it was so uh verbatim so telegraphed and it, yeah and and then they thought Oh, we're gonna be clever, and we're gonna reverse what happens, and who has to sacrifice who? And I, I love how they resurrected. They, they were like, we don't have Genesis, but Khan has super blood, and, we, and and he's really thin this time, and not actually strong or imposing looking. Yeah, he's just it's it's we we have uh, Benedict Cumberbatch because you know he was the best we could do right now. Well, and, and here's I don't have a problem. He's a good actor. Fine, it's, it's not a problem. He's it's not just, Khan. Don't give me the same story. Everything they that the, that team does, J.J. Abrams, all he does is remake things with the same story with tons of lens flare and over the over the shoulder camera shots. Yeah, look at the Force Awakens. That was that was a, a verbatim uh, a new Hot, hope. Wet garbage. It was actually not bad for for what it was. But, yeah, but it, it was a new was hope. Way better. Yeah, but I, I still, I'm looking forward to the the eight and nine that are completely brand new, um, because it takes it in new territory. And then the, uh, like I said, Beyond is totally new territory. I've never seen them do anything like this. Um, there's aliens that I didn't know would even exist. Um, there's a uh, a scenario with a particular crew. Um, that were during the um, it was before Starfleet was formed, so it was before Archer. Uh, just vaguely, this particular crew that went missing that they reference, but it has the same type of ship as the NXO one. 
a very similar ship anyway that's that shows up in it and that's all i'm gonna say about it but it yeah. it, it basically it it helps connect part of the previous timeline before archer uh a little bit but it shows that uh the people before archer were in a uh a war before the before starfleet was formed with the uh the, the, the romulans so it it definitely touches on new ground in, um, in, in beyond, which unfortunately didn't do very well at the box office, and it was directed by the Fast and the Furious director. But I, I like I said, I rather enjoyed that film uh, over Into Darkness, where I was like, oh, they've discovered transwarp and con superblood, so basically, disease has no pro- you know purpose, warp drive has no purpose, and. Uh, <laughs> And you know, because they teleported uh, Khan all the way to the Klingon homeworld in, <laughs> in into darkness with transwarp technology that Future Spot gave you know current timeline Scotty and I was like, this is stupid. Although still not as stupid as anything in the Transformers universe that no. they screwed up. No, no, but yeah. So I again I. I, I enjoyed Beyond more than I, I probably should, but it was better than the other I'll, one. I'll have to give it a watch. It's just, you know they've really screwed up when they've made it so that I don't care. And I, like here's the thing. I bought the Blu-ray last year around Christmas time because it was like 10 bucks, And I went, okay, I'll watch this. And I don't know where it is. <laughs> I, pr- I, pr- I probably sold it or something. I don't know. Was that for it, the 2009 movie or con? Uh, the newest one? Oh, Beyond? Yeah. Wow. I don't okay. own it yet, but um Yeah, I don't I don't know. Like I've I had been going and I was picking up like I've got the Blu-ray set of the the TOS Blu-ray set, that special one that came out with that has all the, the movies as well as the cartoon show on Blu-ray. And I got that because Amazon had a pre order bonus where it was like half price or something. And then I just recently got Voyager, the 2017 reissue, which uh, is a lot better as far as the, the cases for it. And I've got a um, complete set of Enterprise, which I still have to re- do a rewatch on, and uh, the TNG box set that has all of it. So, I mean, I'm still I'm slowly collecting the, the things, but uh, I'm still waiting on the movies, like the, the TNG era movies to have... Uh, like, there's like deleted scenes and director's cuts that still haven't come out i uh, i i actually have seen that the the blu-rays that are out now like they have the complete movie collection out now okay on amazon uh surprisingly for not that much i just saw them not that long ago um they've got like the original series ones and it's uh the only one that i've ever seen that had uh deleted content from was nemesis well, and, and that's the one where they have said that they have a cut of it that included all the scenes that the the diehard fans would have wanted to see. And they're I don't know why they hold like they re-release their movies over and over and over and over and over again, just changing the packaging and teasing that they have these other versions and then never actually capitalizing on it. Whereas Lucasfilm always released Star Wars with changes and nobody wanted them. Exactly. It's it's it's. It's mind-numbing. Um, yeah, so every I mean... Time, every, every time George Lucas changes something, take a drink. 
Well, he no we'd, longer we'd has that be, power. I was going to say, we'd all be dead. Yeah. <laughs> we'd be all intoxicated to death. Um, so uh, this is this is fresh today as of um, from, from Trek Movie. It says, CBS preview Star Trek Discovery theme music for critics and announces after show details. I, I wish I could hear the music. Um, but uh, it was at uh, the Discovery after show thing. I don't, I don't know what this was for. It was Television Critics Association, I guess, um, okay. today to promote the show. And it says that um, Discovery is about the path to utopian principles that are endemic to TOS. Uh, these are just random uh, critic people talking on, on Twitter, but they've got them all on the site. Says uh, Akiva Goldsmith says we try to speak to how philosophical precepts came to be pre TOS in the time of war. Um, Producers are assuring us there are lighter moments in it. Uh, Akiva Goldsmith says Star Trek Discovery is by far the most serialized version of Trek after he's reminded that DS9 was also serialized. Um, (laughs) Says. uh, Harbert's they they will try to play with Trek canon when they can, but when they the show is over, it should fit within the canon nicely. Um, it's long form storytelling for characters without conflict. There's no blah blah blah. Uh, the show is created by fans for fans and people that don't know Trek. That's Kurtzman because he's a douche. Um, and, and Kurtzman says we all respect Brian's vision we honor what he did much of the of what's there came from his mind liar although, damn liar yeah, although they changed everything after he left well and the thing is like if they wanted to do like you said if they wanted to do a serialized thing why not just go oh wait we already did that D- DS9 and I, I was just looking at what Ron Moore is doing he's doing a Philip K. Dick uh Electric Dreams. He's making an anthology series based on some of the best science fiction books of all time. So it's almost like why didn't they just go to him? He, like he's doing a, a short anthology series. You could have somebody who knows Trek, who knows how to write good serialized fiction with uh, with the Battlestar Galactica series, and he knows how to have. It's like they're trying to copy his work with. Like to me, this looks like Battlestar Galactica light, which is unfortunate. Yeah. Well, Ron Moore used to be a part of DS Nine. Yeah, he was Voyager. He was the producer for the whole series. Yeah, along with Rick Berman. Well, I'm assuming he produced the Rick Berman created him with with them, but and it says he was a producer and writer on uh, what does it say here? He wrote 27 episodes of Next Gen. Uh, he wrote All Good Things, the, the finale. One of the best episodes. Yeah, that's the one that won the uh, all the awards. I think it's the one that won the Emmy for Best Drama of the Year. And it was a really good episode. Yeah, he wrote. He he was the producer, main producer on Deep Space Nine, wrote 30 of the episodes. Looks like all the major continuity episodes. Uh, he wrote two episodes of Voyager, but that wasn't his baby. No. And then he did um, a few other random shows, and then Galactica did the whole thing. They won all those awards and sort of gone into a little bit relative obscurity since. So the new Klingon look came from Brian Fuller, who didn't want them to be the thugs of the universe. Uh, the Klingon ship was also very important to him. He worked on it for months, which looks they, it all looks like crap. Uh, they wanted the Klingons' aesthetics... Uh, to look different, they even spent a lot of time on Klingon biology, 
which uh, it says the theme to Discovery was performed by 60-piece orchestra. pays homage to the original. Um, what is this? Uh, but it, I swear to God, they're going to have this big orchestra in the background, and then about you know 20 seconds in, we're going to hear, It's been a long road. Oh, and like Enterprise? Gonna, yeah. <laughs> they're going <laughs> to tease us and then just completely slap us across the face. It says the, the new opening theme absolutely interpolates... Um, the original series theme by Alexander Courage, which I'm not sure I want. Uh, no. I, I like the fact that they were all different. Different, um, but had a similar motif. Yeah, and it says, um, and then the actors are all running their mouth saying that, oh, blah, 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 dream to be part of history, and, you know, they're, yeah. you know, uh, uh, yeah, I, I, I don't know, I'm, Yeah, there's a lot of talk from the uh, from the actor's perspective on here, but um... amplify your career through training and development solutions specifically designed for federal government professionals. From courses to help you attain or retain certification, to individualized coaching services, to programs that hone your leadership skills and business acumen, Management Concepts optimizes your professional development. Online, in person, individually, or groups. It's training that's measurably better. Learn more at managementconcepts.com. That's managementconcepts.com. What if you could have a career where the opportunities are as vast as our nation, where it's not about mission statements, but a shared mission? At U.S. Customs and Border Protection, we go beyond to protect more than borders, from ship to shore, air to ground. Cities to local communities, CBP agents and officers are keeping people safe. Join U.S. Customs and Border Protection and go beyond for something far greater than yourself. Learn more at cbp.gov slash careers. But what they, what they do, like, any, any, like you're, you're taking film production, right? Uh, yeah, I already cool. took it. Yeah, it was. Okay, yeah, yeah. I was going to say, yeah, and you, you'll know that anything they, that they act and record is it turns out to be about 10% of the whole process of how it actually turns out. Oh, so yeah. They could, they, they, could, they could be acting fantastic, which I, I don't believe because it looks terrible. Uh, but they could be having you know the, the time of their life recording it, and then it turns out to just be a, a pile of hot, wet garbage. Yeah. I, 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 yeah, because when I, I did the short film for class... Um, we shot for three days, and I probably had about, I don't know, I probably had about 20-some-odd hours of footage that I had to filter through to make a 15-minute movie out of. Oh, wow. Because, like, we, we took so many different takes. Well, part of the problem was I had a director and a and a, a director of photography that, or cinematographer guy that couldn't get along. Um, so they both had different ideas on what the shot should be. And I was the sound guy. I was also the editor. <laughs> so, because we all had dual uh, jobs during the entire shoot. And so not only did I put the audio with the video, which, by the way, like, the guy that was supposed to be the assistant, the AD, couldn't get his hands wrapped around the, the clacker in order to make it synchronize or even um, they wouldn't stop the camera to do a separate cut, even though I would with the audio. <laughs> So I had to like chop these things up the best I could, and I'm like, "You guys are complete idiots!" Like, 
it was driving me nuts. We were there three days. We shot 20 takes of one scene, and we ended up going with a totally different night that we shot the, another scene of it. Um, but yeah, I mean, we shot that much footage, and only 15 minutes of it got used, and it still sucked. <laughs> so, I mean, there, I, I don't know. I mean, I guess we could be a little too harsh on the trailer just from what we're seeing so far, but I'm still not impressed. Except except it's been reported that it's $7 million per episode. Which that I just is, can't see. Like, I mean... It's, it's, it's because entirely green screen. And, like and that's the, why it looks horrible. Like, at least where, Enterprise whereas, and on all the other Trek series, they had physical sets for, like, the, I mean, everything. This is the interesting thing. Game of Thrones is only about, you know, 10 to 11 million. Or if you want to compare a sci-fi show to sci-fi show, look at uh, the new Westworld show. That has a similar budget to this and looks like a high-end, you know, blockbuster movie. So what you're saying is HBO should have got the rights. HBO should have got the rights, and 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 they should have. They didn't have. They don't have to make it R-rated. They could have made it as is, but you should have had HBO, or better yet, have act like instead of Netflix having the international rights, it should have been a Netflix production. Well, yeah, because we would have got something like. Because I can't deny that the Marvel shows have infinitely better um, budgetary uh, constraints and. Uh, in a lot of ways, some of their aesthetics are better than some of the, the CW stuff, um, depending on the show. But uh, I feel like I'm watching Legends of Tomorrow with Star Trek. And, and I'm not knocking which, Legends which, of Tomorrow. because oh, I it's, will, because I, I enjoy it, but it's a very cheap-looking show. It's a very cheap show, but it, it's I enjoy it. It's a very cheap looking show. It looks real. It's it's CGI the, stuff. Looks it does look but pretty it's bad. The it, it CW. Looks, it's no. the CW. I, I no, give it a pass it like a because show. well, I give it a pass because it is a CW, but it's also partly owned by CBS and Warner Brothers. And it looks if you compare it to its contemporaries, like its partner shows, it looks the worst the, out of all of them. It, I would say generally, Flash looks best then Supergirl, then Arrow, then this. It doesn't mean it's bad, it's just it doesn't stack up. But I, I see I see this about on the same level as Legends of Tomorrow, graphically with the CGI. Oh, absolutely. But I see the characterizations and the camera shots and the acting are better in Legends of Tomorrow as opposed to this. Yep. Which is you know, really sad. This looks cheaper than Doctor Who. And Doctor Who is a children's show that looks cheap. You heard it here, folks. folks. Oh, um, here's the thing. I, I like Doctor Who, but it looks cheap. And this looks... like it, it looks it looks like, oh, we gave it 5 to $7 million an episode in 1999 to do it completely digital. Like, you, you can do shows cheaper than this that look better than this. So you want to you want to hear the ultimate nail in the coffin? Okay. This this is really going to get you. Um, so, Talking Dead production company to make an after show, uh, so, which will run okay. approximately thirty to forty minutes and have uh, social elements built in. There will be a new episode of the after show each night. At CBS All Access has a new Star Trek Discovery episode. No word yet on who will be the host. Oh, I know who's going to be the host, and I know what the show's going to be called. It's going to be called Talking Trek, and it's going to be frigging Chris Hardwick, because he does yep. all the talking Talk, crap. Talking STDs with Chris Hardwick. 
<laughs> we need to copyright that right now. No, it'll and there's probably space in Canada will have something similar, but at least that's the channel. Like it's on a channel that's actually airing it. Like this doesn't make sense. You're gonna have a after show. Is the after show gonna be on the network? Or is it gonna it's gonna be, be on CBS All Access. Yeah. Oh, it's, oh, it's it, gonna be. Oh, it's gonna be like two guys in a, in a bedroom with a, a green screen. It's gonna be a YouTube series, basically. I'm. I'm just... Like you guys were already saying, this this show should have gone to HBO. It should have gone to Showtime, Skinamax, whatever. Hell, even AMC has better shows than yeah. the. It, it, oh, I was gonna say it's it's funny because uh, TalkingTrek.com is taken. So I'm wondering. <laughs> so I'm wondering. I'm channeling uh, Steve's prediction powers. You heard it here first, folks. Well, because I was going to buy the domain. Oh, I'll, I'll bet you. I, I will bet you guys each a dollar on PayPal that the co-host or main host is Will Wheaton. Yeah. You know what? If they really did this, well, because because Nerdist, if, Nerdist, which is owned by Hardwick, is also yeah. um, unified with um, Geek and Sundry, which Will yeah. Wheaton's a part of. So yeah, I would not it, be it surprised. Would only make sense. I would not yeah. be surprised. So so here's the thing. Okay, you got Chris Hardwick poorly directing traffic on Talking Trek, and you got Will Wheaton. And Sheldon, no, no, you got Will Wheaton and Sheldon <laughs> Cooper fighting over. The show that would be hilarious because that's one of the best things about the Big Bang Theory is whenever Will's on the show, he and Sheldon always come to blows over Star Trek well, stuff. What I would want is for him to be just brutally honest and just rip it to shreds every episode. Yeah, pretty much. Yeah. But does it have Wesley Crusher? No. Well, no. Here's the thing: he would rip it to shreds until he finds out he's going to be in an episode and be like, "Okay, I get paid money." Yeah, yeah. Sell I can out. be a real boy. Now, now, again, we're ripping on it. We we haven't seen it, so we really don't know. Like, I'm looking at the first two episodes. And the first one, written by Brian Fuller and Kurtzman, meaning basically they're going to erase everything Brian Fuller did, except they have to put his name on the credits for uh, union whatever reasons. Uh, but episode two, written by Brian Fuller and Nicholas Meyer. Now, that's an interesting uh, thing about this show, is that Nicholas Meyer is also an executive producer. Who so did two of the best be, Star Trek films ever? Well, yeah, exactly. He may be the only factor that pulls it back into reality. From, and from, and and that's good because he's the reason that we got more films in the first place was because he did Wrath of Khan and gave it that more military look and gave them those red uniforms that I love so much. Um, and and we actually got a a strong storyline and. Uh, two of my, I mean, I I love Wrath of Khan, but Undiscovered Country is by far my favorite. And he was the writer of Voyage Home. Um. Well, he. I know he wrote. Uh, I'm I'm trying to trying to put together. I know he wrote. Um, Part of he's written one episode for Discovery, which is the the second one. He he wrote the screenplay for Undiscovered Country, Voyage Home, and Wrath of Khan, even though it was uncredited there. Um, but he also he I know he directed Undiscovered Country and, and Wrath of Khan. Nimoy did Voyage Home. 
trying to think where else he's he's produced. Well, he he's done. It's not the only. He hasn't produced any fiction. He did yeah. time after time, uh, which. Well, I meant of track, but. Yeah, and I'm thinking like this is that time after time was was just remade as a TV show that lasted like eight episodes, but like he's was done. Cindy Lauper in it? No, no, it's about H.G. Uh, wow. uh, Wells actually making his time machine and chasing Jack the Ripper through time. Oh, okay. Um, so I he, think he, I like that plot better on Lois and Clark. <laughs> but yeah, like he's done other successful things. Uh, he. He wrote Tomorrow Never Dies. Oh, yeah. Okay. Um, what else here? Collateral Damage. He was the executive producer, which I surprisingly liked, even though it was a, a boneheaded Arnold movie. Now, he's been um, in a lot of Star Trek productions as far as documentaries. Uh, he was in the Star Trek 25th anniversary special, which I actually own. Um, I actually used to own that on VHS back in the day. Um, he was on the uh, the three-picture saga, The Villains of Star Trek. Um he was on the uh, Genesis Effect, Engineering the Wrath of Khan, uh, For the Love of Spock, um, 50 Years of Track, and then Star Trek, The uh, Journey to the Silver Screen. Um, but he's also, you might be interested to know, developing a new series focused on Khan. Really? Uh, it, it was There were rumors floating around that earlier this summer he was developing a new track series separate from Discovery. Um, and again, Khan, like... Stop doing things that have already been done. Well, this is how he wants to do it, though, which could be interesting, but again, it would be hard to do without Montalban. Uh, they'd have to pick somebody that looked very much or could play that part. Um, Cumberbatch. No, I will, I I will stab you in your sleep. But um, <laughs> it says Meyer's new project takes him back to Khan, uh, originally, you know, from Space Seed. But the point that he, he wants to develop it as a prequel miniseries, only as a miniseries. Uh, very limited that it would take place on CD Alpha Five um, and Chronicle Khan and his followers struggling to sort of survive in the years between when Kirk dropped him off and when the Reliant finds him in Wrath of Khan. So, so basically, like what Fox has been doing, like a six-episode limited event. Basically, they, he just wants to do it just a, a short, you know, showing what happened during that time span instead of you know people reading a book. So. Which I, I again I would be fine with if he was doing like a mini series of it and they could get somebody to play that part. Just What's right. What's sad is is that I would rather I would be more excited for a cooking show with Neelix. <laughs> than I would for, for what, I don't know. Just branch out, do something different. But it's I want I want to see be, the EMH uh, and more content. Well, it, it's going to be interesting. Like I, again, I think we're. All of us are probably going to watch in September those first two episodes. I will give it four episodes uh, before I decide if it's going to. Well, actually, I'll probably decide if it's going to be crap in the first two. But I will give it the first four episodes before I decide if I'm going to watch the whole thing or not. So, so you want to know what my plan is? Sure. Uh, since we're, we're rounding this out, um, I'm going to go the, the the method of watching the the entire series, but I'm going to blitz it. On, on CBS All Access. However, uh, I'm going to wait until... Because I get periodically the emails from CBS offering me the free trial. I'm going to wait till the entire series is on it, and then I'm going to blitz it all at once. Or you could just ask one of us in Canada to tape it off TV for you. Tape? Or I could just... 
What is this tape you speak You know of? what I mean. I, know, I, mean yeah. I, I mean, come on. It's not like we have VHS uh, horror lamps or anything. Which we do. Which I'm so going to get one. <laughs> have you seen these, Steve? What are they? They're LED VHS lamps. Basically, old VHS tapes hollowed out and LED lights put in them to be and like night lights. Yeah, and like the Halloween one, like it'll be the Halloween movie series cassette tape, and it'll have uh, like these bright orange LED lights. So the the lights match the theme or the the color motif of the movie. Instead of just filling up a landfill with old VHS tapes that nobody's going to want anymore, they this person on Etsy is making them into desk lamps. That's kind of cool, actually. Yeah, I might have to do that with a Star Trek tape. I think, what color would you make it then? I would make it red alert. You'd make it. Yeah, I was gonna. You'd make it red for a red shirt. <laughs> no, I'd make it for red alert. You could probably get it custom made so that it, you know, when you turn it on, it goes makes those that sound. That's funny. I I'm... or no no no, it would have to make the the sound from when Spock had to fight Kirk. You know, dun 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 dun. That'd be annoying. Yeah, I wouldn't want to listen to that over and over, or the red alert sound. I, I would, I would listen to it doing, uh, um, you know, various uh, sound effects from the the Enterprise, though. Like, a, oh, like the transporter when you turn it on. Yeah, that would that would definitely be awesome. I don't know. It it would be cool, or it, yeah. it would be really cool if you could make the uh, the the LED light do the the energized effect, like the. Oh yeah. And then it just like slowly fades out. That no, like a really cheap Chewbacca. <laughs> Mike, are you are you gonna watch it at all? Are you gonna try to give it a go? No, I have no interest at all. I no, just not even have... not even to review it. Not even for remote I, no. control or something. Oh no, hell no! We have better. We have higher standards at remote control. <laughs> you, you do? <laughs> I didn't know we had standards. Hey, we, we went through all five seasons of Breaking Bad. Come on now. You went through it. I didn't suffer through it. Hey, I suffered through that, it the first time. Honestly, that show got, gets, like, I did not have any interest in it, but it gets good later on. Yeah. I, I just didn't yeah. care for the, like, it's, for me, like, that and Game of Thrones and, like, a lot of these, like, bigger series. It, if, if it doesn't hit my radar of my interest of, I, I'm very franchise-oriented, which is probably wrong, but if... If one, I don't Biggins know. Can't be wrong. Well, if if I don't know the franchise, like if it's not something established that I've been exposed to when I was younger, I just I don't care. And then two, like if it's not um, an actor or set of actors that I know, yeah. I won't watch it either. Which is again wrong. Um, well, you may eventually come back to it because. Basically, any British person that you're seeing in movies now it has been in Game of Thrones. So well, they've sort of launched their careers out of it. I'm kind of a dick in that regard in that I don't watch anything that has British people in it. Um. <laughs> the, wait, 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 what? <laughs> the only thing... That I don't like, like them Brits. <laughs> it, it has nothing to do with them because they're actually really cool people. It's, it's the fact that I, I can't stand their shows. The only, there's only two shows as a kid, and the, the, I, can, I can probably go back and watch one of them now. I don't know if I can watch the other one. There was two British shows as a kid that my mom would always watch. Faulty Towers, 
with uh, with John Cleese and Rising Damp. Um, Doctor Who, the new, the current Doctor Who has been around for 12 years at this point. Before 12 years ago, I never knew there was a damn Doctor Who. And they're like, oh, 50th anniversary of this, 50th anniversary. I'm like, that's kind of like Geico saying on some of their ads, oh, we've been around for 75 years. I never saw a damn Geico ad in the 80s on television. Well, I think it's because uh, maybe PBS showed up, but like up here, Canada was starving for programming. So we had reruns of, I, I never watched it, the original Doctor Who, because it was, you want to talk cheap? How about, a guy, how, how, about a, how about a guy that puts a cardboard box on his head and we draw eyeballs on it and now he's an alien uh, like, like that that show was filmed you know with whatever change you got after going to the gas station and going to 7-eleven that's how so, <laughs> so basically that show it, that, that show is cheaper than that two dollar all you can eat box yeah <laughs> did, you, did you, you ever watch uh, HR puff and stuff or any of those 70s? Uh, like puppet shows. Other, other other than the Muppet Show, no. That's okay. The Muppet Show had higher production values. Yes, because they have higher higher standards. <laughs> yeah. Because it's a good show. Yeah, like and <laughs> Doctor Who was always that. That show was about the the story, not about the visuals. And now it's it's a little better, but still, like that show. I think it was on since like sixty three or something like that. Yeah. But yeah, and anybody that's a big tri- or Who fan or Whovian, whatever you want to call it, I'm sorry, your show sucked until the new series came out in, in what is it, 12 years ago. Okay, I know I did this the wrong way. Steve's told me this. Dodd has told me this. Whatever. What I wanted to do 12 years, I think I did it in 2007, 2008. I forget when it was. What I wanted to do was I want when I got Netflix streaming for the first time and Doctor Who the 2005 series was still on there I wanted a taste of everybody's like oh the 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 first the second the third the 11th the 12th whatever the hell number the damn die I don't care so I went and I watched two episodes from each of the 2005 seasons to see if I can get into it okay uh, the very first episode I saw was Rose I wanted to poke my eyes uh, out. I, I wanted to scratch my eyes out. I wanted yeah. to oil my face I, in oil. I started, like, I watched, I think when it was in its second season or series, whatever you want to call it, and I watched from the beginning, and I was like, okay, it's okay. But, I mean, I am I have a high tolerance for terrible shows. Like, I own uh, Andromeda, but the Blu-ray imported from the U.K., you leave Andromeda alone. That's a good show. Yeah, but I paid $110 to import the Blu-ray set of it. Well, that's your fault. Yeah, it is. <laughs> so, I mean, but so I, I mean, I, I, I gave it a watch and I went, yeah, still looks like that. It, it's the same thing. It's the very, the British shows always have a frame. It's, some of it's the conversion, but it's the frame rate thing. Most of their shows look like they're filmed on, on tape, like, like a drama should not look like a sitcom from the seventies. Yeah, or a game show from the some of yeah. the old British game shows. Oh my god, it's so bad. So there, there's like there are some British shows that do have a higher quality, and and they're they're honestly they're few and far in between. But some of the newest ones, because they're doing co-productions in Canada and the states, and so it's, it's the ones where they're using our crews to film it look better. I don't know what it is. They just 
do. Um, yeah. But but yeah, like and and I'm glad you didn't go back and try watching like the pilot episode from 1963 because it it, it I fell asleep trying I, to watch I w- it. I would rather watch The Incredible Hulk or Wonder Woman or every episode of 66 Batman. And I know we've gone away from Trek. Yeah, uh, I, yeah. I have I have no interest in the STD whatsoever. Um, <laughs> I just don't have any interest in it. Until Stan uh, Bush has a song, maybe no, he does no, 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 he, no, no, no. You got the touch? The theme, no, you know he'll, he'll do a, a cover version of of the Enterprise theme, and and then I'll be and then we'll know that you're gonna watch it and you're gonna be like, oh, oh it's actually pretty good. I thought you were gonna but say, you got the touch, the STD. <laughs> um, but uh, no, no offense the theme to song Stan, be dare, but the theme the theme song, song sorry theme song should be Dare to Be Stupid. Um, yeah so anyways they're having the the star trek las vegas thing going on right now which i forgot about and that's where this news is coming from but uh it looks like predominantly most of the wednesday was star trek discovery and most of the guests that are there are ds9 related so like um and then uh the only two the, the original series people that are there are um uhura and Chekhov. it looks like um, Amplify your career through training and development solutions specifically designed for federal government professionals. From courses to help you attain or retain certification, to individualized coaching services, to programs that hone your leadership skills and business acumen, Management Concepts optimizes your professional development. Online, in person, individually, or groups, it's training that's measurably better. Learn more at managementconcepts.com. That's managementconcepts.com. With Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Ones nobody cares about. Which is funny because they're the only ones that are still active in the franchise <laughs> from the original like, series. Because like Chekhov, he, like he, uh, Walter Koning uh, was actually in Star Trek Online. Uh, and yeah. they've got uh, Scotty's son actually playing Scotty in the game because obviously he's not among us. Uh, the yeah. funny thing is, is I don't think that they could afford Kirk because, like, anytime Kirk is supposed to show up in the in the game, uh, like there was a, a specific scene where like he's been stabbed by some time traveler and you have to stabilize him, but he's face down, so you never actually hear him or see his face. It, it and, might be because Shatner still it doesn't. Not that he just commands more money; he's still busy and active and actually having real work. Yeah, yeah. he's the only one too. But um, you know, he, you know, he's he's get that Priceline gig. Oh, and then they've got a bunch of Voyager people there too, but um, uh, which are the same ones that all lent their voices to, like Picardo, um, which you know the AMH, uh, Harry Kim, and uh, Neelix, uh, which all lent their name, their voices to the video game, um, yeah. are are in this whole event. But anyways, uh, yeah, they, oh, a couple TNG people are going to be there, so. When you said Chekhov, I'm like, wait, didn't he die? No, he didn't. Um, <laughs> yes, he did. What, Chekhov? Yeah. No, he didn't. 
The new one did. Yes, he did. Yeah, the new guy, uh, yeah. Anton Yelchin. Yeah, that's. I'm, yeah. I'm talking about the real Chekhov. I know, but when you said Chekhov, the first one I thought of was the the Abrams verse. See, if you're a true Trek really fan, sad. if you're if you're a Trek fan, you automatically think of of Walter. So that's. But again, I watched more TNG than I have of TOS. And you know so. what? I've actually met someone from TNG twice. Card. No. Q. Oh yeah. Well, yeah. yeah. I met him in he, person he, though. He go no, he goes on tour. He, he he's come here two or three times with uh with the the, holo, the holographic doctor. Wow, and Shatner's he, actually going to be there. Hmm. Oh, well, yeah, because they can afford him for that. Yeah. He's also the most expensive signature. Oh, <laughs> probably. He's $100. Well, oh, so is George Takei. But he's, think about this. He's he's what 86 or 7 now something like that. Uh-huh. What's funny so, about about Shatner is he's probably the the most physically uh he he's the oldest one out of the TOS crew, but he actually but he looks, looks the healthiest. Yeah, he looks well it's cuz he's got here's the thing. It's like every couple of years he gains about 5 pounds of weight and you'll be when he gets sickly and 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 starts losing weight, that's when you know he's in trouble. Cuz he's I don't know. He he's looked roughly the same now for the last what fifteen years, something like that, or or more. Yeah, and Since, he still uh, speaks pretty clear, which is odd for someone of his age. Yeah, he is eighty six years old. He just turned eighty six. Um, yeah. Uh, you know, it, it, it's going to be a sad day when. Um... Don't you say it. <laughs> you be quiet, Mike. Don't you what? open that. Don't you open that mouth hole. You we don't, don't even... have that many iconic Canadians that age. Alex knows what I'm gonna say. But I know what, what you're I'm gonna, gonna say. say. What was I gonna say? Don't, don't say, say it. it. Don't say it, Alex. I'm... What was I gonna say, Steve? If you I, say I'm it, I'm not saying it because you, I don't you, want it to if happen. You say it. Stan Bush goes first. <laughs> well, if one Stan goes, it probably is gonna be the man before the bush. And silence. Yay. I don't. I don't know what the reference was. I don't either. Stan the Man Lee versus oh, say that Bush. Either. Don't you yeah. dare say that either. Yeah. No, we're going to pickle them. We're going to put them in a big jar together. No. We're going to Futurama them. No, exactly. no, 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 no. In that case, we better get the carbonite ready for uh, Peter Cullen and Frank Welker. <laughs> I, I think we'll settle with the, uh, the the transporters like what Scotty did in, in Relics. But uh, so. I think, I think with Trey, I think with Frank Welker, we have enough recordings of every sound he's made over the course of what 45 years or whatever i've met him too he's awesome i was gonna say there's probably enough recordings of him that you could put everything into a computer and have him voice act for the next like 700 years (laughs) with unique sounds Mm -hmm. or or you could you know get sound alikes which don't nearly do it justice yeah no so I think we're going to end this. Uh... Yeah, sorry, sorry. I was thinking one last topic. We're still on. I'm still on the topic of how terrible the show looks, and it's that you know those fan series. Was it the uh, Renegades? Uh, no, not Renegades. It was Renegades the one did they, look pretty bad too. But the, the one where they built the set to be identical to the original series, uh, and they even had Chekhov and everybody Star Trek in there. Continues. Yeah. yeah. Right, you're talking about the other one. It's not continues. New, new, new voyages, I think. Yeah that why does that look better and that that they had a budget of like 25 grand an episode 
hmm. because they built the physical sets. Yep. Well, it's like um, even Star Trek Continues, they built yeah. the physical sets. So while the special effects and maybe the cinematography looks a little worse, the sets look better. <laughs> Which is sad. That fan projects that people you know made out of their own pocket looks better. Well, it's because they made it out of love, a labor of love, as opposed to um, a studio trying to save a you know trying to make it as is essentially what they're doing is trying to make it so they don't have to physically build anything, and then they can just fill it in later, <laughs> which makes it look a hundred times worse than what it actually should. It's like, hey, we don't have the physical space wasted on it, so let's just do it this way. Well, that's the thing. It works when it's Avatar and you have $400 million or whatever it is to develop your technology. I hated that film, but that's a separate... <laughs> true, true. But you know what I mean? Like, it, it works for that, or it works for, you know, Lucasfilm when, you know, they had $200 million for a 90-minute movie. You mean episode two, Attack of the Clones, which was also terrible? No, I mean, I mean episode three where the script and the acting was terrible, but the special effects looked great. Episode three was actually really good compared to episode two. Episode two was acting, the script, and the uh, there was just way too much CGI. It was just terrible all the way around. The worst thing about episode two, get that love story out of my action movie. On the plus side, I just saved a ton of money by switching my car insurance to Geico. Um... <laughs> Um, I just saved, earned a ton of money by selling a bunch of crap on the Star Trek exchange. Yes, I'm actually still playing that game. Oh, God. Um, I play it, like, six days a week, so... I got a problem. <laughs> um, buy low, sell high. That's what I've been doing. When you, when you earn enough money in game, you can do that. Uh, so anyways... Star Trek uh, Pawnbrokers. That's basically what I'm doing. I, I started off with, like, a couple million, and now I've got, like, uh... What do I have now? Like, 231 million? When I started this record, I had 227. I'm making money, man. I'm making money. Pretty soon I'll be able to buy that. I, I, I don't want the Kelvin Enterprise, but I, I'm gonna settle for it. Because... <laughs> it, well, originally that was my goal in-game. Because it was the only way I was going to get an Enterprise uh, based, you know. I mean, I've got the original series Enterprise and I've got the refit. But they're they're T1 and T2 level, which basically mean that you can't play them all the way through the end of the game. uh, Because they're useless. They don't have enough slots for any of the stuff you pick up that you need uh, to play in-game. Um, so you have to get a T6 ship in order to actually be able to compete later on. And the Kelvin Enterprise was the first one I saw that was a T6, uh, ship. And it would fulfill that need. Uh, and then they came out with a R&D promotion pack about, I don't know, end of June for about two weeks that you could buy these special packs and have the chance to earn a, uh, original Enterprise. That was T6. Mm-hmm. And when you open 20 boxes and don't get them, <laughs> you end up with a bunch of R&D material that I had to sell on the exchange to make some of the money to start out with. Um, which, again, blows. Um, 
I, I was selling individual items. I was making so much bank off it, though. Um, not nearly as much if I would have just sold the packs. Uh, but yeah, they're, I mean, the packs are going for like 20 some million on the exchange right now. But if you actually unpack it and it's, you, you win the ship, the, the enterprise, cause it, they call it a 23rd century tier six ship in game, but, uh, it's actually a temporal light cruiser. Uh, when you unpack it, it goes for, uh, it's going down, which is actually funny to me because I'm like, yes, keep going. Um, because by the time I get up to the amount for the Kelvin ship, I might be able to afford it. Um, it's, uh, it's 1.1 billion credits in game right now when it used to be just like 1.5 the entire time. So you, so you, Steve have talked about this game for the last, what, two or three months now and you keep whatever (laughs) I got a problem. You keep talking about 1 million, 27 million, 2 billion, 3 billion, 4 billion. How are you actually getting these credits in the game to be okay. able to get this stuff? Holy crap. The Kelvin Enterprise dropped today. It dropped okay. it dropped 70 stop, million. Stop your Kelvin orgasm right. over there and tell us how you're you making sound like this. like the Ferengi. <laughs> What's funny is there's there's actually like six different currencies in game. Um But how do you get the currency to Okay. So there's there's two different options. It, it, the main currency is Zen, which um, it, you can either pay actual money for, or you can mine dilithium in the game. And if okay. you mine dilithium in the game, it's um, there's an exchange where typically they go from anywhere from 300 dilithium to like uh, there was like 316 a couple weeks ago because they jacked. The, uh, they they limited the dilithium, so you basically it was a a different market. But um, it you can convert that to Zen and buy stuff in the the, the store on it. Um, and uh, you if you can whatever you buy in the Zen store, there's certain things where you can turn around and flip it in the 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 credits exchange, which is mm. another buying market. Um, which is the only so way you're you can... not actually going out and shooting people and completing missions to get money for this stuff. Well, you're you can actually do that. Mining minerals. Well, you can do both. Okay. Uh, I, I basically I play the game all the way through, and then um, there's there's a couple different ways you can do it. There's um, they have duty officer assignments that you can do, mm-hmm. uh, and admiralty uh, assignments, and they recently unlocked the Ferengi on admiral admiral. Uh, uh, Admiralty uh, section, and in there you can win a ton of dilithium uh, okay. and uh, gold plus press latinum, which the the latinum absolutely does nothing in the game. Like it's all appearance based stuff. Like you can buy like hollow hollow emitters for your ship or your your body, and they burn out after an hour. So it's like, what's the point? So I'm like, I'm stashing these, waiting for you know, because you don't really have a choice. It it gives them to you anyway, but. Um, it, I'm stashing them away for the event that they eventually make them into something. Um, and then, uh, yeah, the, uh, sorry, I got sidetracked there, but anyways, um, so yeah, then there's, there's those methods and then there's, I think there's another currency too, but there's lobby, which you can get by opening lock boxes, um, which the keys you get from the store, um, with the Zen and then. Uh, there's Lolo Nuts, which come around for the Ryza event every July. 
um, which I have those stashed too because they go up in price. And around. when you first told me about this, I'm like, lol nuts. What the hell are? What yeah, so like this? I said, there's like, there's, what is this? Cat has cheeseburger. It's it's taken me three months to figure out the entire game, like totally, because I came from the original game and nobody really taught me how to do it. And I've I've joined alliances and just watched stuff happen, and I've kind of been playing around with it. So I've been playing the market on here. Um, and that's probably the best thing. Like if you get resources and you get stuff you don't want immediately, like, certainly you'll figure out which ones don't sell on the exchange. And then there's like certain things you'll figure out that do sell. And then, uh, you just kind of mine that stuff and then purposely get rid of it. So when I get enough Zen, I buy the keys, which go for about, um, like for instance, uh, they're going for 4.8 million right now, 4.89 million um on the exchange and they can go from anywhere to from that to five five million so what i typically do is i wait till they go down to like 4.5 or 4.7 and i'll buy them all up because i have enough uh millions saved now and then i sell them all for 4.9 and then i've i'm kind of a dick in this other instance too um the infinity lockbox which includes um previous lockboxes uh, stuff that they discontinue. I'll wait until uh, I'm trying to see if, because uh, what'll happen is you'll you'll occasionally see people sell them under market value, like this moron that's selling them for 172 right now. That I'm gonna buy up, and then uh, I'm gonna turn around and flip them for 190. <laughs> so it's it, that's how I'm making my money in the game, but. It's it's kind of, you know you find it for a decent price you sell it higher. So you you are a Ferengi. Yes, I've I figured it out. I figured out the system and I've managed to. I went from a, a two hundred twelve million at at the start of today and I'm at two hundred thirty one. So nice. <laughs> um, I I expect in another month I should have either the Kelvin Enterprise or um, I should have uh. I'm hoping the the temporal light cruiser, which is the Constitution class um, T6, I'm hoping that comes down in the market, which it looks like it is, um, because that means that soon it will be mine. Oh, and yes. Then, and then my mission mine. will be complete. <laughs> yeah. So You have chosen wisely. Yeah. So, I mean, I've, I've and there's so many, like, uniform variations in game. Um, like, I have my own EMH, like, photonic um officer i've figured out how to make um I, i've stared enough at the the characters of the original series cast to recreate them um because i screenshot them i put them on my other monitor and then i recreate the characters on the character creator for your bridge crew well you're into this pretty deep eh yeah well i also found out um about a month ago that um Occasionally, if say the the creators of the game screw the, your your character up and you lose characters in game, they will give you the TOS bridge crew, um, holographic bridge crew. So like you'll get Rand, um, uh, and then Uhura, Chekhov, Sulu, Scotty, Spock, McCoy. You won't get Kirk because he's the only one that they don't give you. Um, so, but they're all in the like the TOS outfits and whatnot so 
Um, but I've, I've figured out how to create them, and I've just made their mov- movie versions so that I can age them just a little bit. So I made my own Kirk, my own Scotty, my own Spock, um, McCoy. Um, so, yeah, I'm, I'm kind of a little bit addicted, but... And I had my own EMH, which I got as close as I could, but... So how much actual money have you put into this thing? I, I, I don't want to say. Um, <laughs> Come on now. Wait, you don't, you don't want to say because your wife's going to kill you? <laughs> she doesn't listen to podcasts. Well, She'll was, never know. It was extra at one point. Um, it, it was from side work, but... Um, I would say probably... Two hundred dollars uh, around it, which oh my God, dude. had well because you it's, can it's unlock not terrible because which, that, remember the game was a paid was like a, a twenty dollars a month game originally so yeah, yeah and so cool. like I've and I've done that in like five months but the which is about the equivalent of that it's about thirty so the there's certain uniforms you can only unlock by transaction. And then there's certain ships, which I don't do the ships. Um, and then the uh, uh, you can unlock certain races that you can... So, like, you can become, a like, a Trill when you want to start the game. Or you can be, be a, a Klingon Federation officer. You know, the, certain things like that. Um, like, the ships never interested me as far as that. If you join a fleet, a lot of the times you can use Dilithium or, and, and trade that in for fleet credits and buy the ship you want anyway. So, like, mm-hmm. I have the Odyssey-class starship, um, which is the Enterprise F, essentially. And uh, I upgraded from the Sovereign-class Enterprise E type of ship to that, so it's it's actually a really nice ship. I, I, the only way I would upgrade from that is if I could get the actual Enterprise 01 uh, refit and that T6. But... Um, yeah, so I mean, I've, I've done that, and it, had I been smart about it, instead of um, getting the keys to open the stupid lockboxes trying to get the Kelvin ship back in the day, or the R&D packs to try and get the refit, I would have just... I love how you say back in the day, and it was like three months ago. Leave me alone. Um, I, I was just... Well, I mean, I was new to the game. I didn't really know what I was doing. But um, if I was smart, I would have gotten just the, the master keys that unlock the boxes, and then sell them on the exchange. And I probably would have the Constitution refit T6 ship right now. What I might do is I might, if I see one of the Kelvin Enterprises go for a cheaper price, um, I might obtain the the cheaper one and then turn around and flip it on the market, which would bankrupt me to begin with. (laughs) But I could possibly spin it and make an extra hundred million off of it. Which would be very smart, because then it would get me closer to my um, my numbering, and then I could possibly keep doing that when I see them get lower, and then that would get me up to my that that's my next goal when I get up to enough to actually buy it. I'm pretty sure Steve's gonna drive down to Kentucky and kill me after what I say. The next Steve Megatron is the Donald Trump of the Star Trek Online game universe. No, I'm the Scrooge McDuck. All this get money, right. all this you, money you keep you talking about. Back. I'm the Scrooge all this McDuck. Money <laughs> I prefer Scrooge McDuck. That's much better. <laughs> yeah, but you're not actually diving into a giant pit of gold coins. You keep trading this stuff in for other stuff. 
Well, yeah, but he's also not walking up to people and grabbing them by the pussy. So, <laughs> with that, I think we're gonna that I, that I know of. I, with that, I think we're gonna transwarp out of this episode and uh, <laughs> and meet you in the next episode. So, uh, yeah, uh, I, I just I don't even know where to close this, but um, <laughs> sorry. Slide, Alex. Well, I mean you. you uh, you brought Trump up. <laughs> I didn't do it. I know. Blanchard. Hey, I wasn't throwing this in what he said. Where can the people find you online, Alex? Where? I'm, I'm a little, I'm sorry, I'm just flabbergasted because I found out that Tim Hortons is raising their prices tomorrow for the first time in like three or four years. So watch as the riots happen across Canada. But Canadians are too nice. No, not when it comes to their coffee prices. But well, yeah, like we—it's our economy is basically the Canadian mint makes the money, and then Tim Hortons dictates the rest of the prices. So, so anyway, Steve, <laughs> you can find so. me online on Twitter at, at Gravy Moose. I am at Dave Two and Mike. Where are you, Steve? At SCP Twenty One. So until next time. We'll be traveling to the final frontier. I've been Steve Megatron Phillips, and we are transporting out of here. Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on ChumbaCasino.com. I looked over at the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's ChumbaCasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. VGW. Void. we prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.